Giving feedback is a tough one. I hardly know anyone who really enjoys doing that, if anyone at all. But there's ways to do it well and ways to not do it very well. In this episode, we're going to talk about the three common yet not that obvious mistakes many of us make when giving feedback. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. This week, I want to talk about giving feedback and some of the maybe not so obvious mistakes that many of us make when giving feedback. And specifically, I want to talk about three of these mistakes. And I am fully aware there's some controversial advice out there on these three specific topics. And I stand very firmly, though, with my opinion, and I'll explain more why so and why I think these suggestions that I'm going to share with you, or these what I consider mistakes and people don't do it, leads to ineffective feedback conversations. Feedback is tricky. Most of us don't like giving feedback. It makes us feel awkward. And when we know that whatever we're going to say could hurt someone else, it could hurt their feelings, it could make them upset. We usually don't like it because when we feel responsible for someone else's hurt or upset that it makes us not feel good and we don't want to do stuff that doesn't make us feel good. So it naturally goes against our grain a little bit in natural instinct. But if you're in a management position, even though it may not be actually listed in your job description, it is part of your job to give feedback. And the better you get at it and the more often that you do it, the more effective you will be as a manager in helping your team members grow and learn. Feedback at the end of the day is the number one tool for improvement. Which, by the way, doesn't only apply for your team members, but also applies to you. One of the reasons why people don't give feedback upwards to their managers, although they would have a lot to say and the manager would have a lot to learn and could improve based on this feedback, is because one, they may not know how to give feedback upwards and two, they don't have the mandate to give feedback. So it is a bit on you to make it easy for them to give feedback and to specifically ask, so solicit feedback from others. But I'm getting a little sidetracked because we're not going to talk about how to solicit feedback in this podcast episode. Instead, I want to talk about three mistakes that people make when giving feedback. And the reason why I talked about it being awkward and uncomfortable for most people is that when you even looked at the title of this episode and you decided whether or not to click on it and listen to it, you might have already felt a little bit uncomfortable just thinking about giving feedback. I get it. Know that you're not alone. doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It just means it's uncomfortable. It is for most people and it can even be uncomfortable for very experienced leaders. Does it get easier over time? Absolutely. Does it ever get fun over time? Mm, probably not. Okay, let's dive in. Mistake number one that I see a lot of people make and I used to make myself as well is that I would consider feedback 
as a monologue, meaning it is kind of called giving feedback. So I would naturally assume that it means I am talking, I am giving feedback. And then the other person has either something to say at the end of it, or they just nod and say, okay, thank you. And we end the conversation or we move on to something else. That was what in my mind and what I see other people do, we classify that as giving feedback. I think there's something fundamentally wrong with that because we never ever have the full perspective and see everything that's going on, nor do we know what's happening inside the head of the other person that we're giving feedback to. So if we're just delivering feedback and we leave it at that and we think, okay, they got it, they heard me clearly because I was saying it, we completely miss the point. Feedback should be a feedback conversation. It should be a dialogue. Hey, here's what I noticed. What happened for you? What was going on for you? How do you see that? So if you're giving feedback on something very specific that you want to let them know, a specific behavior that you're giving feedback on, you explain the situation, you talk about the behavior, the impact, and then you ask them questions. You got to know what happened for them, what was motivating them to do this or that, or what got in the way. You want to make this a conversation. And that also applies to figuring out what to do next. Instead of you saying, so next time I want you to do X, Y, Z, ask them. So this is what happened. And by the way, if they don't see a problem with that, they're probably not going to change. And sometimes I hear this in conversations with my clients where they say, well, I got this feedback, but that's so wrong. I'm obviously not going to change. Just because they heard you doesn't mean they agree. So you want to check in with how did they see it? What's their side of the story? What's their perspective? And then what do they want to do about it? If you're dictating them, you will never find out where they actually stand. And it can feel really frustrating because you keep telling them to do something and they're not doing it. It's probably because they don't want to. They don't agree with you on this plan, this action plan. So not only should it be a conversation around what happened, but also it should be a conversation around what to do going forward. And that should mainly be driven actually by the person that you're giving the feedback to because it's their behavior, their choice at the end of the day. You may be the one who's deciding on consequences, but when it comes to behaviors, we're all adults and we all get to choose how we want to behave. So it's on them. So the first mistake is to make it a monologue as of giving feedback and leaving it as that versus making it a dialogue and turning feedback into a feedback conversation. The second mistake is to not identify the gap. And here's what I mean by that. The gap is to actually figure out what they already know and their self-assessment versus what you assessed. So this specifically applies to giving feedback in regards to a project or a presentation where it's not about one specific behavior, but you're having a feedback session where you're reviewing maybe even a full quarter or a full year or a specific project. Or again, someone just presented and you're coming back and you say like, hey, let's review this presentation and learn from what went well and what didn't go well. So in those moments, you may have a list of things that you liked and a list of things that you didn't like. But if you go first, 
and you share that list with them and you're thinking you're doing a really good job giving really good feedback, you missed out on actually identifying what the gap is because you've probably been in this situation. I've for sure been, most of us have, where someone gives us feedback about something we already know. Like someone may say, Ramona, you made a mistake here. And I'm like, I already know that I made a mistake there. And I would have been so much more powerful if you asked me about my self-assessment first. I could have told you that I already know I made that mistake. And I would have actually owned it and felt empowered versus you telling me as if I didn't already know. So not identifying the gap means that you got to let them talk first. Let's assume you're having a quarterly review. You could say, hey, how was that quarter for you? What were your lowlights, your highlights? What did you feel like you did really well? What are some of the things you're not happy with? Then listen to what they're saying. And you only have to then fill the gap. You could say, I agree with this, or actually I disagree with this, or I agree with this and I have a few additional points. Identify the gap first by letting them talk first. So that's my second tip or the second mistake for that matter that I see people make when it comes to feedback. There is more to this and how specifically to do this and how to also match your language and so forth. We'll cover all this inside the Leadership Accelerator. But to stick with the point here on this common mistake, let them talk first. Okay, moving on to the third one. It's a controversial one. And I think anytime that this comes up, it's actually because someone attended a leadership training five to 10 years ago, or read a book that was written five, 10 plus more years ago. And this has to do with a feedback sandwich. I want to say up until about five years ago, a lot of people, leadership coaches, consultants, trainers would consider the feedback sandwich as the best practice. What the sandwich meant is basically to say, hey, there's the bread, positive, good praise. Then we sneak in some negative feedback in the middle, the cheese. And then we have something positive at the end, other slice of bread. So that was the feedback sandwich. It seemed like a good thing because you're starting on a positive note, you end on a positive note, and then in the middle is the negative part. I get that that seems like a good idea. And a lot of people who learned that thought it was actually making a lot of sense. The problem though with this is it's actually ineffective because it doesn't create a lasting change based on how the brain is wired. And research shows this over and over again, the feedback sandwich doesn't work. So now that we have more research and also I think more experience with the feedback sandwich and people who've practiced it and come back and said, actually, that totally backfired, that didn't work. Or someone else used the feedback sandwich on them and then they realize that actually does not feel good. It feels pretty manipulative. And so the trend is definitely moving away from that. And I personally 100% agree with the feedback sandwich being not a good practice. So while maybe not obvious, depending on what you've learned in the past or what others have told you about giving feedback, there are some better ways to do this. One is that, again, if you have one specific behavior that you want to address, just get right to it. You could share your intentions first. You could also affirm that no job is at risk. The relationship is still secure. Like, I really appreciate you. You're a great member on the team. We value your work. And here's something that I want to point out in terms of behavior that is making it harder than it needs to be on you or on the team. 
and then get right into it. So affirming first that the relationship is secure, that usually lowers people's defense mechanisms or that initial instinct of like, whoa, a threat is imminent, right? By sharing your intention, you're doing the same. It's all about trying to avoid that the other person's building up that wall, that defense mechanism by making them feel safe and creating that safe space. If you are sharing feedback, again, as part of a review process, then giving equal airtime to the positive, the praise, and then the negative constructive feedback is important, but don't make it a sandwich, right? So if we say great work here, but then here are the things that are not good, but overall great work, like, wait a second, did you mean the negative feedback was not a big deal? Because then why should I do the work of actually getting better at it if I did a good job? Or I can feel manipulative of, wait a second, I didn't even hear the praise because my head is still spinning around the negative stuff that you shared with me. It really just doesn't work. So start with the praise and then end with the constructive feedback and then let them recap what they just heard and any actions or action plans that you've decided on in terms of ways to go forward. So this is the third mistake I wanted to talk to you about today. So to summarize briefly, the first one was to make it a dialogue, a conversation. The second one is to identify the gap by letting them go first. And the third one was not making it a sandwich. As a quick bonus tip too, the word feedback is emotionally charged. <laughs> I said that in the beginning, you might have even not wanting to listen to this episode because you just don't like feedback. Or you got really interested in this episode because you are concerned or anxious about giving feedback and you want to do a good job. But because feedback is a bit of a charged word, sometimes it helps to use the word suggestion or advice. It doesn't always apply because sometimes it is literally feedback. But if there's something where you can turn this into a forward-looking suggestion versus backward-looking feedback, it can be very helpful. You could say, hey, I made an observation and I have a suggestion to share. It's another tip to keep in mind. As I said, there's obviously a lot more about feedback. There are more nuances to this. There are also a range of different situations in which feedback is necessary and you want to be effective in giving feedback. We dive into all of this inside the Leadership Accelerator, a coaching and training program specifically designed for new managers. If you're interested, then check out the show notes or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash leadership dash accelerator. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took some notes and I hope you go apply the things that you learned in this podcast episode and you maybe make some changes, small shifts or tweaks in the way that you give feedback. And I promise you'll see a positive ripple effect from that. Take good care. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track podcast. Ciao, ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.